Welcome to Spread Joy, the podcast. Please join Sean McNally and myself, Reggie Valentino, as we share with you a behind-the-scenes listen to our second sit-down as we discuss multiple myeloma, health, finances, and spirituality, and how I now navigate my new normal. Thanks for tuning in for more casual conversations and the third episode of the Behind the Scenes Sneak Peek series. You're listening to Spread Joy, the podcast. Your understanding of mortality is so different from most people. Even people who think about it, think they think about it. It's very different. Like, I can, you can talk about what you would do if the house catches on fire. Right? Yeah. And you can say, I will do this. I'm going to do this. I think I'll do this. But when you're in a burning house... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your yeah, understanding yeah. of it is very different <laughs> than most people. Yeah. Yeah. Like are you are you doing what you want to do? Are you doing what you want to do? You know? Yeah. You are doing what you want to do. A lot of people probably just fucking freak out and melt down and that's it. Yeah. They can't even process yeah. anything. Yeah. Let alone yours and then your grandmother's and then how do we talk about it and getting out in front of people who are gonna be weird about it. It's crazy. I'm going to tell you one thing because I got a question for you. I Since we met up with Ty, I was thinking about the times that I had met you back in the day. And this probably was early 2000s. I'm trying to think of. Ty and Paul lived in the house in Midtown and mm-hmm. I lived right up the street. Mm-hmm. Ninth Street with Jeff and Billy and those dudes. Okay. And we walked back and forth. And... <clears throat> The times that I met you was probably either at Kaya or some other bar or restaurant. And it would have been this fast. Like I would have been sitting with Ty, maybe Paul, maybe Billy or, or Jeff or one of those dudes. And it would have been like you would come from one corner and somebody would have been like, hey! It would have been like, hey, slap, 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 slap. Hey, what's up, Sean? Hey, what's up? Hey, Reggie, good to see you again, blah, blah, blah. And then out the other side. Like you were. That was me. (laughs) And this was was maybe four or five times I can think of this kind of quickly. But you were always like in transition from one to the next. Like there is a dude who is constantly on the path from one point to another point. And when I thought about that, and now that we talk about being up here and, and you're having to slow down and shit it puts in perspective like you were such a kinetic pinball of a person to have to not do shit must have been the ultimate transition of all times like it's hard to picture yeah laying anywhere for days at a time oh yeah it's funny like i have since i've been back here after everything i probably like the weekends i may not even leave this house you know, I get I get stuff done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like if I were, and I'm talking about not laying in bed sick for twelve right. days. I'm talking about like now, just in your space, just in my space. It is very important for me to be still, mm-hmm. and I can sit here at this table and stare out this window, mm-hmm. or you know, and let her to cat me out and open up the door oh, and yeah. let her in. I could lay down in my bed and just lay there and just kind of meditate and just be quiet. Mm-hmm. 
or sit out back, whatever it is, I, I have, but I generally I haven't left. I don't leave the, the, the confinements of this space because I think it's the first time that I've ever not been, like you said, that kinetic pinball right. that I've actually set with myself. And I love sitting with myself. Yeah. Like I love me being still. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that makes sense. I love being within myself, within myself. Do you think you would have found that without getting sick? No. No? I was busy. I was working for Maria. There it is in a word. There's Reggie. I was busy. Yeah, I was like, I was working at the shop, at the farmer's markets. I was probably, I was upstairs in my studio doing at least, I would say, 12, 15 auditions a week. That is busy. I was, if I couldn't record the voiceovers myself, mm-hmm. or if I had an on-camera audition, I would take the train mm-hmm. out to Tom's place. And that's the end of the line. He would pick me up or I would Uber to his house because he has a recording studio and stuff mm-hmm. there and camera stuff. So I would do that stuff there, then come back and just keep going. Like I didn't, and I had, I was working on, uh, my other project, which you know, I was doing t-shirts and, and, uh, and hats and stuff. And, and, um, I was taking American apparel, uh, recycled t-shirts, the old mm-hmm. t-shirts. And I was making these, um, uh, what do you call it? I'm, I'm losing my, uh, train of thought here, uh, patches. Mm-hmm. I was making patches with them because I started this company called Spread Joy. So spreadjoy.com. Mm-hmm. And so I own spreadjoy.com. And I, and I was trying to work on that website and try to get that up and roll. I right. all this stuff. You're going. always pushing something forward at all times. Always. Right. And when everything hit, I was still trying to do that. When I first went into the hospital, all of it had to stop. Yeah. Just couldn't. I can't, I couldn't do any of it. Couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I have spreadjoy.com. That's mine. I got it. And I think really, and I got my connections. Like I, I like I said, I talked to Tom probably an hour before when when you texted me and said you were going to be uh, in forty five minutes. Yeah, I was on the phone. I'd probably been on the phone with Tom for probably twenty minutes before then. So I talked to Tom for about an hour. You know, so it's like it's you know it's the first. You know, I was so busy. And doing so many things. I had so many balls in the air. And it's funny. The thing I hated most when I was going to school in Denmark, at the clown school, I hated juggling. Oh, really? That's crazy. <laughs> Is that not crazy? Is what that not crazy? Doing? I hated juggling. I hated it. Oh, my God. I couldn't. I hated juggling off the floor, off the wall, right. juggling. All I have done in my life is fucking juggle. Is fucking juggle. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I juggle so many things, and I'm good at it. But then when I had to let all those balls drop and deal with me, mm. that was the ultimate, like, like test. Right. You know, I was just like, oh, and here I am. Did you have to fight the feeling all the time that you were supposed to be doing something else, working on something else? Yeah, because I, I, I did for a long time, continue to try to work on something. Right. And, try, and I it took me, I would say, up until today, it's, it's taken me every step of the way to learn to sit, sit still and to chill out over the last, three, oh, it's like three and a half years now. Hmm. 
you know, and I think it's a constant thing moving forward because my brain, the way it works and projects and things, I love, I've always created my own businesses out of nothing. Right. And so I've always been doing something and traveling and making it happen and handling everybody's stuff. Now I have to handle my stuff. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I take care of the girls with my mom and her husband. I love them. I take care of the cat, Kitty. Right. You know, and it's funny because she, you know, the cat was, when she, I was living here when Maria's son got her as a kitten, but she lives here, mm. which is funny because we had a cat door. Right. They got a dog. And so the cat, the cat. The cat is my cat, even though I don't own a cat. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like the things that I love to take care of are the things that I'm able to take care of right now. So things for me. Is, and in this little universe, it's good. It's great. Right. It's like I got the cat. I've got, you know, my family, you know, and you know, the girls like the girls this in January stayed with me. My mom needed a break. And so her and her husband had a break and they went out of town. So I kept the girl. This is the first time I could even be around the kids mm. in three plus years. Three plus years. Yeah. Okay. So they stayed here and it was awesome. So I'm going to, they're going to be my Valentine. So they're coming on the 14th, 14th. and they're going to stay the weekend. So my mom and her husband can have some time. And so it's like, but I hadn't even been able to hang around the kids in my family right. or my friend's kids. So it's a really crazy, all of that stuff going into back to the social aspect, right. all of that stuff for me is really important, you know, to be able to see my friend's kids grow up or to be social in that way. But here I am having to now reconstruct, how do I do that? Right. How do I take my old ways? How do I take the theatrical kinetic pinball Reggie right. and bring it? to the present, Reggie, right. and move it forward. And I think that's something that you and I are destined, we're doing Certain it. Certain kind of doing it right now. <laughs> we're doing it right now to really, you know, put out, because like I said, my situation is not unique. And you, your wife said it. You said you told your wife. And it's like, well, everybody yeah. with cancer has a story, which is true. Right. But are they able to tell that story no, I don't think with so. everybody in mind right. with cancer? Because- since I've been diagnosed, I've had so many friends die mm. of cancer. I've had friends friends and friends who I consider not not enemies, but <laughs> they're acquaintances. Right. Sure. I kept them on the back burner. Sure. They have cancer. And I feel I feel their pain. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I have to, you know, send them love and prayers right. because cancer, you know, it's hard. It's hard work. Right. And people don't think, I know I make it look good because they don't see the 12 days of laying in bed. Right. They get to see right. this. Right. You know, and they also don't know that right now, as you sit with me, your pain is a 10. Yeah. So they don't, you know, they don't know that. That's a whole, and when I go out, people don't know that. Right. And that's a, that's a whole nother thing. And it's just a very interesting place to be. But I think, you know, when you're able to keep it real, and keep it honest because I don't think people need, I think you need to be able to translate my pain or my situation to a broadest perspective because there's, you know, like I said, there's so many other people right. with the same things, but you have to be able to translate it and tell a story story that relates to everybody. 
And it has to go beyond cancer because, like I said, I have to be able to take my past and meld it with my present, not my future. It always has to stay present. And I think what the kinetic Reggie was doing, kinetic Reggie was always in the future. I always had future plans, future goals, future aspirations, future business, future. Right. The thing that has grounded me was really staying present. Mm. And cancer said, it's about. It's about right right now. now. Right. This is, it's right now. This is it. Right. All the other stuff about there and uh, next Wednesday or, you know, what you have. No. None of that matters. You can have, you know, ideas, yes, but you got to focus all that energy in the present. Right. And that's something that I've, since I've been here, I didn't even realize that this is what this was all about mm-hmm. for me, was really being able to sit and be present. It's wow. great. You know, so it's a, it's a really, I think it's, you know, it's a really wonderful place to be in one's life. And it's wonderful to be able to talk to you, Sean, about it and and share it. And to know that what we're working towards is being able to put it on a platform and have it even well, be let's, bigger. Let's talk about that. It's a good transition because this is just kind of a reconnecting day anyway. Like, as you have thought about it, what are you thinking you want to do? What I'm thinking that I want to do with this is, I said, like, you know, I don't want to be on disability for the rest of my life. Absolutely. In that regard, because right. disability is a hard thing. It's a hard place to be. And if you are a single <laughs> person like myself, right. dealing with that, you're not even able to, if you don't know how to do, to research and create resources outside of your SOL. Right. And Which is so, part of the thing that stunned me during our first conversation is the tenuous spot you're in financially is crazy. The 12 days that I was out of it, after my treatment, it was like the day after my treatment, I was so out of it. I thought it was Thursday. Mm. Okay. I had paperwork that I needed to have in to get a grant. Mm-hmm. I was freaking out because I thought that I had missed today. Right. And I ended up making it happen. And I was so out of my box. And I got it in. I was talking to the woman on the phone. She goes, Mr. Ely. She's like, today's Wednesday. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, thank you so much. Because I said, right. I'm out of it. Right. But so what I want to be able to do with this is to not only educate people as to what is available out there for sure. them. Sure. But also create a, a revenue uh, stream for myself. Absolutely. And the fact that I would like to, like, I know Winship Cancer Institute has people that are doing voiceovers and commercials for them. Right. That is what I do. Right. I know that Leukemia Lymphoma Society has people that are doing voiceovers and commercials for them. Absolutely. Same with the Cancer Society. I need to, and from talking with you and Ty that day, just be able to tap into that medical aspect Mm -hmm. of that. That's me taking my theatrical education and background, my social, you know, prowess. Right. Into a different category in my life because it it is not Mm -hmm. dealing with my present. Right. And so my present situation is this. And so I want to be able to put myself out there and be able to make, you know, a statement, you know, and, and it is with, you know, the host, you know, with me, spread joy. It is that I'll make a statement by being able to 
inform people about cancer across the board, what you can do, what's available for you. Right. Even if you don't have, or if you're not computer savvy, you need to talk to these people. Right. And they can help you with these things. How many people and without those resources must suffer? There are tons. I ask, people, I ask the doctors all the time. I was like, so what happens to these people? They're like, they die. I'm just like, what? I Okay, in January of this year, 2020, I've gotten two grants thus far. One for $10,000, which paid for my... But I, Now, the application process for that stuff is no joke. It's no joke. But sometimes, once you get in, it'll, it'll be easier to keep right. being applied. But to get there... But you had to, to be, learn... I had to learn To it. speak grants. You have to... Yes. Way. And you have to know who to talk to right. to get to that point. And, and not be afraid to talk to them and not to reach well, out. Let, not to be afraid... To let people know what your finances or what your situation right. is, just keep it real. Right, right. right. You know what I'm saying? Because some people are, you know, the pride takes in. Sure. You know, you know, people look at me. Oh, Reggie was a club owner. Reggie was this. Reggie was that. But those are things that Reggie was. Was right. <laughs> he used to. Used to is not my last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right. like, you know, this is where I'm at today. Because that sixty five thousand dollars a month that it takes for me to be alive is huge. Right. And. I know if I'm having to deal with it, everybody else is having to deal sure. with the same, if not greater, because I'm just a single person dealing with it. Right. Okay. I just did a grant. Uh, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning on Saturday because the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society has a copay assistance grant, and you have to apply by the first. My, my, I had, I've had the grant now. Uh, it ended on the 31st mm -hmm. or I could have called Monday and talked to somebody. And I was like, you know what? I'm able to do it and not talk to somebody. So I'm a, and I don't sleep well right. because I'm in pain all night. Right. And, right. Yeah, all day. So I, you know, I got up at two 30 and I got started. I can lay here or I can get I proactive, can and, go active and yeah. do my thing. And I, from two 30 until six, I filled out my grant application. How many people in the history of that grant do you think someone said, hey, you should apply for this grant? And they took one look and said, I'll never, I can't do this. And then just died. Probably a lot. I mean, really a lot. I'm very How do you clear. I, think, I, I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine the number, but it's a lot. And I just the ones that don't even know about it, yeah. you know, and it's just like, it's really crazy for me because that grant is $11,000 for multiple myeloma for me because multiple myeloma patients are expected to die. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's very, right. yeah, I'm like, right. you're going to die. But I'm like, we're all going to die. So it's not, I'm just like, so what's, what's up with that? So I got all of that paperwork in. I called Monday to make sure that everything was in check. And she said, um, do you want to send the, pa the paperwork for your doctor to fill out? Or do you want us to fax it over? I was like, you all fax it over. I'll send them a message to look out right, for it. Right. So once I find out I'm approved, that would have been in the first two months of 2020, I would have made $21,500 right. of grants. That money goes to pay for my insurance. It goes to pay for my medical, my, yep. um, um, my medicines. Right. That's huge. Absolutely. For somebody that gets $1,100 a month and I have to pay rent to pay factor of 10. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, yeah. I have to be on it. And so, Despite me being sick or what's going on, I have to fucking get up and make my shit happen. And, right. and there's nobody's going to do it for you, 
but to. So what I want out of this, like I said, I want it to educate people of what their possibilities are. Sure. And, and how to go about getting the things that they need and and who who's out there to help them get there because there's people that are illiterate or elderly that don't know this. Yeah, I'm trying to picture somebody who has never had to navigate a system to get things done suddenly being able to do that after becoming sick. Yeah. And I don't, that doesn't seem like that's something that ever happens. Like that's crazy to think of that. That's like one of those things you're like, why would you expect something to happen now? That's never happened. You know, a lot of people's think thoughts about the future requires something to happen that has never happened in the past or they've never made happen in the past. And that's like, like we all know a lot of people who like, Oh, I want to open a club. Oh, I want to, I'm in a band. I want to do this. I want to do, you know, I want to, yeah. I want to act whatever. And you're like, well, what, what have you done? And then the, you're like, how are you going to do that? And they're like, well, next year I'm going to do this and this. And I'm like, well, have you ever done that? And they're like, no, have you, ever? you know, it's like, why yeah. are you expecting something to all of a sudden just happen? That has never, if your plan relies on a thing happening, that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have an idea of how you're going to make that happen. That shit's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and a lot of that grant process and, you know, like trying to think of what's next, that's sort of that. Yeah. Not that they that. don't want to, but why would you, it, how could it happen? It's never happened before. Yeah. Why would crazy. they know it's, they wouldn't, you know, nobody would. Yeah. It's not failing. It's just unrealistic, you know? So even the awareness of it is hugely valuable. And that's, and that's where I, I know that I can give that. However it comes out, I can give that. And, you know, because I'm of the mindset that we have to lift each other up. Sure. If we're not lifting each other up, you know, that, well, what's the opposite of that? We're dragging each other down. And I am not going to continue to live my life knowing that if I have the opportunity to lift people up and I don't use it, that is dragging people down. And it's just right. like right now, right. you know, okay, here I am. I'm 53 years old. I'll be 54 years old. I'm like, I don't feel 54. I don't think I look 54. I don't think I act 54. But reality is I'm right. 54. Sure. And here I am, 54, on disability, fighting cancer, and I'm in pain all the time. And I'm suffering, you know, in ways that other patients or cancer patients aren't suffering. And if I look at that as uh, as a big giant mark on me, is that I'm not going to make it. Mm. Well, guess what? I'm not going not to gonna, make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to make it. So I took, I've just taken all of that and I just flipped it all upside down and turned it inside out right. because I'm making it. And how to do it moving forward is what we're figuring out as we move forward. And yeah. like I said, I know I can't keep, you know, I, I, with Tom, I had done, uh, I was, when I was sick, I want to do this podcast. And so we, I did a, um, a demo for a podcast deal with Tom. Right. So I did that. You know, here I'm out sick, trying to keep doing the same things I was doing. Right. Well, I've realized I can't keep doing the same things that I was doing. Right. I have to take what I know and do it differently as it pertains Forward, to yeah. today. Yeah. As it, 
it and I have to keep it in the present. Because if I kept just going the same direction, well, I'm just hitting these roadblocks all the time and right. none of that stuff is working for me. Right. I get frustrated. I get depressed. I start thinking, oh, poor pitiful me. And the disease is not the disease which I'm carrying in my body. The disease is what I've created right. that destroys me. Yeah, you know, of the I can, it's impossible, and there's no way, and poor right. pitiful me. No, 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 no. Can't have it. You can't have any of that. Thanks for tuning in to Spread Joy, the podcast, third of six behind-the-scenes episodes of the Sneak Peek series. For more information on today's episode, please email me, Reggie at SpreadJoy.com. Thanks for listening. You heard me. Spread joy, change lives.